Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a very special episode of the Crisis Point Podcast. My name is Ryan, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Shane. Hello, hello. And our co-host, Ben. Hello, hello. And our special guest today, we have the once-in-future LVO winner, Mike DeLuca from The Danger Room. Mike, how's it going? I'm doing great. I'm here uh, just gracing you guys with my presence. <laughs> and, and humble, too. Wow. Um, all right, yes. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome to have you on here on our, on our humble little uh, Crisis Protocol podcast. Um, we have got a lot to talk about today. But I guess how generally, how have you guys been doing this week? I started a uh, a crisis protocol league tonight at my local store, and uh, it's not not really looking too good week one for me personally. But oh, no. if anybody what else has said, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, well, I want to hear I want to hear about you guys first. So I have been. Um... Uh, in the last episode, I mentioned that I've been struggling a little bit with the with the new crises and, and wrapping my head around them. But I think I've overcome that uh, to some degree. And I've been uh, it's starting to click for me a lot more, at least with my spider foes. Um, so I've been playing a lot of foes, you know, the, the huge. But um, I've also had this like so like I always have to be playing like one other thing. I can't just play one I, like whenever I'm playing my foes. There's always like one thing on the side that I'm playing, and I feel like it changes like every two weeks. And I've had like a total dark dimension itch <laughs> like the past oh, couple wow. weeks, and yes. it's just been it's just so fun. Um, he, you know, every like three games, he feels like a like a real eight threat. Um, and it's just so much fun to just like roll dice and and look at skulls and delete things. Uh, Dormammu is very fun, as it turns out, and and I've just been messing around with some like extract shenanigan uh dormammu uh, dark dimension nonsense ben i've played it with you a few times i mean you, you already you know about this but yeah it it it's it's fun and you know when fun. dormammu feels like an eight threat it's uh you know, he's, he's pretty good and then there are times where he's just like there you know yeah, he's just a big cool guy <laughs> he's not eight threat but he's cool and fun and thematic on the table which is really all you can ask for um unless you're at a tournament but no really it was because i saw when i watched phil at everwinter um who, who i played in the finals running dark dimension and how good he did in that tournament it like inspired me and so i've been just trying out a little dormammu and and he is quite fun Dude, big daddy d is like my he's always my pet list yeah, a casual list. When I'm trying to like not make the locals hate me, yeah. <laughs> it's always Daddy D. Yeah, and you know what? I one of my favorite characters to play right now is Ancient One. So I've been jamming Ancient One into this list, and she is so fun in Dormammu. Um, as as like like she can grab the midline super safely, which is fun without like an eye in the prize type of thing. Um, and she's just like such a brawler, and it's just it's just such a blast. Um, Ben, what about you? What have you been doing? Well, this is, this has been an, an interesting week for me and, uh, you'll have to forgive my, my sound quality as, uh, I'm, I'm on a cell phone, uh, today as, as we record this, but, uh, I had a really, really fun, uh, match with, with my buddy Dizzard as we started a, a new year, uh, and a new taco meat tournament. I, I can't remember meat. the full name of <laughs> lunch, lunch meat. meat. Yeah, taco meat. Yeah. 
yeah, you know, that's what it is. That's what it it's is. Taco meat, actually. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, taco meat. And uh, we had a, a really wonderful round one uh, Weapon X mirror match, um, which is great, where everybody just slapped everyone. Um, it didn't go well for me and, and, and my slaps, but um, as, as, as Dizzard and I and, 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 you know, Mike, you and I talked about this, you know, in, in our Danger Room chat, shout out Danger Room, where uh, you either live by the slaps or you die by the slaps, right? So um, uh, I died by the slaps, but it was great. Uh, I, I really love Weapon X. They're, they're super fun. I've been really enjoying them as a team. And um, it's just a good way to kind of mix things up from the kind of the tankiness of, of how I like to run my brotherhood teams. So um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've been having fun and, uh, I can't wait to, to get back home here soon and, um, and, and try to throw some LVO preps. Cause I mean, Mike, you and I, you and I have got that going on, uh, here soon. So what, what, what have you been up to? Before I get into that, I would, I bet you the contents of the dossier probably say live by the slaps, die by the slaps. <laughs> yes i need to i need to write that on my token now. Live slaps. <laughs> that's why hope. on the card art Sabretooth's just like smiling when he's reading it <laughs> yeah oh yeah 100 percent uh but yeah what have i been playing uh so i've been playing a lot of stuff uh i've been playing x-men brotherhood guardians with thanos uh, i played a little bit of web warriors played some avengers um, mostly that stuff. Kind of feel like that's the f- the first three I named are the, probably the best things in the game, at least <laughs> in my opinion right now. Yeah, I mean, spoiler uh, so alert for later, but <laughs> yeah, and I've been trying to just kind of crack like how they all coexist together. Um, and I'm making progress. Um, so nice, yeah, it's been all, good. all solid stuff. Yeah. Uh, Ben, you mentioned the lunch meat. I actually totally forgot. I'm doing that too. And I, I also got to play my lunch meat game. Um, oh, yes, I'm playing, yeah. Yeah, I'm playing Spider Foes in it. And I got to play against a guy who was running the... Uh, we heard about it a few episodes back on the cast uh, when we interviewed Curtis Osborne. His uh, Greenies and the Weenies A-Force list where he runs She-Hulk, Hulk, and then 3-2 threats. Hmm. Um, and I got to play against that list for the first time. And uh, it was it was a fun game. I, I I was running my spider foes, and I got the uh, I got to see Cassandra Nova do like fourteen damage to a She Hulk in oh one my turn. God. So that was that was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, lunch meets cool. Uh, I think I'm playing my next game on that tomorrow. Yeah. yeah anybody who uh... like loves She Hulk, sorry to cut you off. Anybody who loves She Hulk hasn't had her take like fifteen damage in an activation. <laughs> yeah right right yeah <laughs> just like and blam oh that makes me sad yeah. no i was i was waiting for you mike to uh to to reveal some secret like inhumans tech that you've just you know cracked the code it's funny you mentioned that one of my locals has been jamming inhumans like a maniac and uh Ooh. i lost to him actually he tear genesis to me on senators and i oh do uh, tear we, genesis we were parody yeah, like yeah. the whole game and then my toad got turned into an inhuman and i lost <laughs> Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> that card is so much better now. Yeah. Hate, hate to see it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, in, Inhumans are pretty cool right now. I played against Inhumans the other day. I'm like curious about them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I I've been think... watching a lot of his games, and they have a lot more play nowadays. Um, sadly, you're still going to get 
Your your greatest threat is Black Bolt like doing nothing on his activations still. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I mean, Black Bolt's a uh, he's a little bit of an anchor <laughs> for the faction, but um, they just got so much shenanigans with that with that leadership. It's just kind of wild. And I think it's better with the new extracts too. There's so yeah. much stuff to grab on like almost any scenario. I've been grinding trying to figure out how the hell to run black order with these new crises and i just am just every game i play i feel like i'm just hitting a wall i tried the corvus uh leadership i started out with that and i'm like oh and five with it at this point and then i took thanos black order tonight on it was a 17th threat i took uh proxima and corvus with reality uh, Thanos, I think I gave him time and time and mind. And it was just like, <laughs> it wasn't as bad as the Corvus led leadership, but like, it's, I feel like Black Order has just been passed up in this new meta we find ourselves in. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I think Black Order is in a weird spot because it's like weirdly one of the like less good spots for Thanos right now, <laughs> which is odd because it's like his own place. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you what do you think, Mike? What do you think about Black Order at the moment? So I've I've had success playing the original Black Order, and I think now that so there's like a multitude of problems in my opinion. One is that Thanos is just overtuned. Secondly, the way AMG had balanced him is they restricted his best gems, mm -hmm. which I feel has undeservedly is that a word. Uh, nerfed Corvus and Maw. Yeah. Because um, now you kind of have like Maw and Thanos fighting over the space gem. You can run Corvus reality and like mind gem Thanos, but Thanos and Maw both really want space to function properly. Uh, they made the time gem mostly irrelevant. It doesn't really do anything. And it's, I don't know. I, I just like I think Swan is cool, Dwarf is cool, Proxima is still great, but they just have like a gem crisis, and then because of that, they like don't get restricted cards, and they've never been good on pay to flips or like things like Spider Infected, and those are like more of an abundance now. Yeah, they also made like sixteen threat harder to achieve, because if you're gonna like lose Prio and Give, get given extracts, your only choice is paranoia. Which is yeah, they took it off really research, fast. Right? Yeah, making research base 15 threat has been very subtle in what it did for the balance, and I'm actually very happy with that change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know that the Corvus uh, Thanos Proxima at 16 on research was like a nightmare for a little while <laughs> back in the day. Um, yeah, really, the crux of it was that Thanos is eight threat, and then you plug him into another eight threat core. Yeah, which is basically the cheapest functional core in the game, and you're at sixteen. Yeah, and I mean now we're kind of seeing that with like uh, you know the, you, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but like Guardians plus or yeah, like Star Lord Rocket Group plus Thanos. So like you've got that eight threat, super cheap three characters that just function really well together, and you throw Thanos in there, and it's like ugh. <laughs> Yeah, they kind of help each other out in like really subtle, unintuitive ways. If you haven't played it, it's mm -hmm. like they're all Rocket and Star Lord are always in position, really, to like get Destacree attacks off 
Thanos like also gives them control, which none of them have. Yeah. And then Thanos also just gets a lot of value out of a winging it token. So oh, for it, sure. the synergies are all kind of crazy there. I mean, it's kind of funny, like seeing the difference between uh, for me playing against a lot of like reality Thanos. And it's to the point where like when I see a Thanos on the other side of the table and they don't have reality, I'm just like so relieved immediately. <laughs> I'm just like, I feel so much less likely to just get one shot by this eight threat jerk. Um, yeah, Thanos is, is, is crazy, but yeah, I agree. Black card is a little bit weird right now. I mean, maybe I do think, I, I, I think I have no idea, but at a minimum, Supergiant is better than what she was, you know, like that's true. They're... I mean, it's hard to get worse than what she was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Senators helps her. I mean, like we said with the civilian stuff, like there's, it's, it's more present, which is cool. Right. Um, helps help some of those niche things that like because there was like there's like certain rules that exist in the game that are like not inherently like bad when you just look at them on a in like a vacuum on like a piece of paper but like when you actually put them in the game like they become very niche and i think civilian interactions was one of those things and i think now that we're in like the right game state some of those things are going to shine a little bit more like the terra genesis and like super giant stuff like that interesting all right so uh, I guess now we can uh, get ready to go down and ride Splash Mountain. Uh, so uh, Shane, do you want to explain what Splash Mountain is for those who are uh, either new to the podcast or have just like skipped the first half hour of every single one of our casts so far? <laughs> for the, yes, for those people, we uh, we we do this every episode. Uh, we have a uh, a segment called Splash Mountain where we we spin a magic wheel. That Ryan has. Um, it may or may not be digital, or it may be a real wheel. I mean, who knows? Um, and it has every character in the game, minus the ones that we've already featured on Splash Mountain, um, and minus Dormammu. And I think that's it. And and like the newest characters that aren't out yet. So uh, Ryan spins the wheel, it lands on a character, and then on the fly, we uh, we come up with one by one uh, different Splash destinations for this character, and it is uh, it's it's always a good time. Are we ready? Are we ready to spin the wheel, Ryan? I'm ready. I cannot right. wait. Here we go. <sighs> Baited breath. <laughs> oh. Oh. Huh? Okay, so uh, this is... I'm going to tell you guys, this is the best character that we've ever like had on Splash Mountain. Uh, we haven't had it... many good ones. No, no. <laughs> uh, it is Juggernaut. Oh, oh, my, yeah. oh my god. Uh, <laughs> my, Here we go. I hate Juggernaut. My hate. Oh, you know oh this is perfect. Is. This is perfect then. Oh. Yeah, so Ryan, you're right. Um, this is definitely the best character we've had on Splash Mountain by like a mile. It's not even close. Um, I was actually gonna mention before we I forgot to say it, but like we have not gotten like a truly great character on this yet. It's all been like janky, like at best, like solid in their affiliation characters. Um, Taskmaster was one of the better ones, actually. But Juggernaut, oh my goodness! I mean, so. Uh, to... <laughs> I I know who I already already got mine. I mean, I for starters, he's only affiliated in in Brotherhood. So I mean, and thank God for that. But he's only affiliated in Brotherhood. So there's at least a lot of options. Um. So who? I mean, Ben. It sounds like you're ready. You're rearing to go. Oh so. yeah, oh yeah. You talk about jugs. I, you know, 
as team brotherhood over here. I, I love me some jugs. Uh, yeah, just to just to go over his his card super quick, right? So so jugs, uh, just in case you didn't know who he was, uh, has nice. eight health. I uh, thank you. I, I'm glad someone caught that. Uh, has eight health, moves small, size four, uh, is five threat, four physical defense, three energy defense, and five mystical. Uh, he has a range two strike that starts off at five dice uh, with a wild push. And then his spender is a four cost range two, uh, seven dice. I'm the juggernaut with a wild uh, rush ability that allows him that if he rolls a wild, he can use his superpower called nothing stops the juggernaut uh, for free. Uh, and just to move right into that juggernaut has this amazing superpower called nothing stops the juggernaut. He pushes himself. Uh, small, and as long as he contacts any size three or less terrain, he destroys that terrain and keeps on going um, until he runs. Nothing stops a juggernaut until he runs into either a size four or person. That's a fun fact. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, it's it's in the comics that he runs into a person and he stops. But uh, <laughs> uh, if if he runs into a person, they automatically suffer one damage. No collision. No dice. Just one damage. Um, and if he had a stagger condition on him uh, before he did this, he would actually lose that stagger condition. So it's a really nice way to lose a stagger. Uh, he has a nice punch reactive superpower that costs one that reduces damage uh, suffered by one to a minimum of zero, which is amazing. Um, he's got this really cool helmet that allows him not to be pushed or advanced by special effects. Um, of enemy mystical attacks or enemy superpowers. He also has unstoppable momentum uh, that anytime he makes a move action, he gains two power and the next attack that he makes adds three dice to the attack roll. Rip in peace, Montesi books. Um, and uh, he also is immune to stun. Uh, he's got some changes on his flip side. He uh, loses his five mystical defense, goes down to two, uh, and then he gains the avatar of Sidorak. Um, he has uh, now a character or size uh, or terrain features of size three, throw, medium, which is great, uh, and he loses his helmet, which is unfortunate. Uh, hey, but for Dragon, me, are Dragon you... has an injured side? Did, did you just say uh, she died? You know, it, it does occasionally come up. Not always. <laughs> But it does occasionally come up. Uh, I will tell you, are you guys ready? This is just, this is going to be great. Okay. I'm going to put in Juggernaut with Baron Strucker. I'm glad you said what you said, Shane. Because if you think normal Juggernaut is really annoying to deal with, hear me out. What if every time Juggernaut dealt a damage, he healed himself a damage? And on top of that, if he had a condition that he didn't like, like, oh, I don't know, Hex, he just gives it to you now. So, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. When he... Because... I'm for you some reason pass the condition to heal a damage. You gotta pass the condition. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. I I got excited. I got excited myself. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was gonna say, he, that, he needs to have a condition first. Yeah. <laughs> you got you 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 put that condition on him. You put that condition on him, and then you slap you slap somebody, and you know what? Now you've got the condition, and Juggernaut's healed one. You know, so uh, hear me out. 
you know, uh, Red Skull move over as the five threat in Baron Strucker Hydra. Yeah. Enter in unkillable juggernaut. And okay. he can be a sleeper agent, guys. Come on. Come no, on, no, no, not with him. I will. I mean, no. Okay. So, all right, Baron Strucker. Um, not what I thought you were going to go. <laughs> oh no, I love it. But, um, Mike, do you have anything, or do you want me to go? So, uh, as soon as you revealed that it, the splash catcher was Juggernaut, I immediately was ready to press my Avengers nut button. <laughs> and then Ben told me I couldn't do that prior to the cast. <laughs> but I mean, for like a competitive standpoint, it's obviously you could play him with Sam. I've played him with Sam a lot, and he's mm-hmm. quite good there. Um, but there's also the, another obvious one is Kingpin. Yeah. Scary Kingpin one. Too, loves having... He's got Rhino there too, so you have like two monsters that don't die. Yeah, and then somebody plays Hulk into you, and you're really sad. But <laughs> uh, being an immovable, unkillable body is great for Kingpin. Um, you can also do cool things like move twice, slide round one, and like stand on somebody's back scoundrel with Juggernaut. It's very rude. <laughs> yeah, love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, de- I mean, it definitely is pretty rude to do that. Um, yeah, though Sam, I mean Sam uh, Avengers Juggernaut is. Uh, I mean, he heals there too, and he he does to, uh, pass on a condition or anything. So there you go. Um, I like it. I I got. I'm gonna take another like curve, like softball answer here. We're just um, I have to balance out the Strucker Hydra like drink that we were. What? In- what? I love it. <laughs> um, we uh, I I think Juggernaut is obviously pretty disgusting in Storm X Men. Um. That that guy with a first of all the big base he's amazing for like enabling pretty cool storm hops. Um, he he's kind of scary to play against there, uh, and you give him cover pretty much all the time unless you're within two of them, and um, it, that durability just reaches stupid levels. Uh, yeah, I mean he he is, and I think he kind of fits well into storm too because like it's not like storm x-men is not an attrition team and i think it's important to recognize that juggernaut is not an attrition character even though he has this big you know eight dice strike that he puts out every turn um he's just kind of an amazing control like objective piece and uh yeah and i think he just fits in like a glove yeah i like the storm shout out he's really good there Um, he's debatably one of the best splashes there i mean he's just kind of like checks every box i feel for her yeah, it's really frustrating playing against like a six wide X Men, and they're gonna go last with Juggernaut, and he's just gonna sock whoever's on somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, his push his push, point, yeah. his, his push on his builder is not size restricted, right? Nope. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Gross. I've played against Juggernaut too many times, so I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you, I don't know what you're talking about there, Shane. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. All right. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, we'll we'll throw him in Malekith Lead Cabal. You know, like you were okay. like you were saying he's, you know, he bounces around the board. He's a good uh, control piece. He's not inherently attrition based, but um being able to get uh, a free S advance outside whenever anybody else on the team is uh is is dazing or KOing enemy characters, um, giving him even more free movement than he feels like he's already getting, 
Uh, that sounds pretty good to me. And he also gets to remove a hell or a, excuse me, a damage and gain a power. So it's like, I don't know. It just yeah, makes him better. <laughs> Juggernaut and Malekith is just like the rich get it's, richer. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what it is. And he doesn't even need this stuff. He's just gross. Yeah, with it. yeah, just piling okay. it on. And uh, that's how I like to play. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now that we've gotten a good character in Splash Mountain, we're cursed for another eight weeks of like <laughs> just <laughs> mid, just like the mid. bottom percentile. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but that was a that was a great Splash Mountain, everybody. Well, yeah. well done, well done. We made it. Um, much better than Taskmaster. That was Taskmaster left a gross taste in my mouth doing that one last week. And I'm not excited <laughs> to do Bucky either because that's going to come up I, eventually, and we're going to have to like pretend to be excited to talk about Bucky as a splash. I like Wakanda. Bucky. There you go. I mean, Wakanda Bucky. There you go. He is pretty fun in Wakanda. Um, Shadowlands. No, yeah. He, I mean, yeah, he's good every, in so many places. That's the thing. <laughs> like, so easy. We we have to get the King of Splash as um, Punisher, who literally, he lives alone on Splash Mountain. That's true. That's how yeah. we balance it out. King of Splash Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think we have to move on to the next segment here, which is we got some new character cards revealed since the last episode ryan what are we what are we talking about here so uh today we are going to be talking about agent venom and spider woman um spider woman's uh her card and her uh some of her tactics cards haven't been officially released but they have been leaked um as far as i'm aware at the time of recording this and uh both of these characters frankly look absolutely insane i'm very excited to dive into them and I think, you know, ladies first, I think we should take a look at Spider-Woman here first. She's also the way more exciting, in my opinion. I don't, <laughs> I'm super excited about Venom, but yeah. I think, well, I said either I said when he got released or like uh, showcased for the first time, Ryan, Agent Venom is like, that character was just made for you to buy and build. Like, yeah. they didn't make that for anybody else. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, like, when you, Brian's when, alley. when you said that, I was like, I don't even know what Shane means by this, but he's right. but yeah spider woman um ben you want to lead us here actually you know i i think it'd be neat if if we have our our guests take take uh spider woman i know you know personally uh, mike and i have had some good good talks about spider woman mike do you want to take this over one because your sound quality is also better than mine sure uh so (laughs) jessica drew is my valentine she comes out in february (laughs) for valentine's day (laughs) uh yeah no she is so exciting because uh, web warriors have been forever play blighted by no four threats and i have to just still say no to the venom fanboys uh anytime somebody wins with web warriors they're not playing venom so Mm. (laughs) that is actually pretty accurate (laughs) uh so yeah spider woman is literally that four threat She's she's just like the windmill slam four threat. Um, her dude, her attacks are crazy. She's got freaking an energy attack, which web both energy attacks web warriors don't really have. Her builder just like applies a bunch of heinous conditions before damage, and one of them stuns. So like if you just like spike into somebody, they just get one power and die. Uh, her spender's venom blast, which has always been great on Miles. Uh, she's got a grappling hook teleport like Black Cat. She's got Interrogate, which is absolutely ridiculous superpower that I don't think people are 
prepared for yet because Asian Widow's been not that great for the history of the game. And then she just has a whole bunch of cool stuff like long move stealth and martial artist. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love this character. I'm unfortunately I don't think Webs are in like an amazing spot right now, but maybe she she's the the missing piece. Yeah, this card yeah, is I'm... an absolute banger. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just I'm really interested to you know, I, I think I 100% agree with what Mike you were saying. I, th I think it's really important to note that all of the top tier web players aren't playing Venom, right? You know, um, Venom's a great character. Let's, I mean, you know, we don't, you know, need to go down that road too too far. But um, I, I think Spider Woman is going to provide so much flexibility into Web Warriors. Um, and yeah, one of the scariest things for for me, Mike, you said it. You know, is Oh yeah, just casually her builder just applies stun before damage is dealt. So, you know, Mystique's spender has to do that, right? Uh, so she's just moving long. She can place herself, and then she just punches poor Magneto in the face and applies stun, and then I'm just sad. Um, I, I think it's gonna be a big. Uh, it's gonna be a big deal. Um, you know, some of her attack cards, which I don't know if we want to fully get into, you know, are, are just going to make her potentially oppressive. And, um, yeah, you know, go figure Venom Blast, where, you know, you're um, forcing opponents to drop objectives is just silly good in this yeah. game. Uh, hers is called Intoxicating Blast, um, you know, because she smells really good. She's so pretty. <laughs> Right. Well, it has, uh, it has like an added effect where I think it's like a wild trigger. If they're poisoned, you bow them. Yeah, I'm just right. going to say right now, people are just going to forget about that. Like That's going to happen yeah. in your games and people are going to be like, oh, wait a minute. I got the, the weird conditions to move you also because I gave you poison instead of stun or shock for some reason. Um, right, right. But it is funny that it's there. Um, a bit about yeah. the venom, venom thing real quick. I think there's like a lot like to to play web warriors at at the high level you have to solve your horrible situations. Like you have to figure out how do you fight on demons against like my brotherhood or something like that, right? And um venom is just not going to help you there. It's just going to die. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's uh, that's why I feel like you can't you could never really dedicate the slot to him cuz he he doesn't you don't need him for your primary game plan of like playing spread out games and scoring points. And then when he would be useful, he just gets outclassed by things that are better than him. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's what, you know, why we're seeing so much like voodoo in web warriors too, right? I mean, besides voodoo being such a really good character, I think he fills that fourth threat, you know, uh, he's not doing a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, help out the team in terms of, you know, janky movement or, you know, all this other stuff, but go figure having him the best, you're probably the best character fill a, a weird threat value for them is, is really good. Yeah. It also might free up like the moon Knight slot in the web warriors list now. Cause you can yeah, play, you could play like six or six wide and your, your four web warriors would be miles, Gwen cat and spider woman. And then you mm -hmm. could splash a three threat or something, for example. Whereas you would have to splash like double fours at twenty. In the past. Yeah, she's so fast too. Just the like crazy. Move yep. is... Long move and the I love place. it so much. Oh. Yeah, the place is insane, and like, like the spender is only three. 
the place is only two, the interrogate's only three power. I can think of like so many like easy like plays that you can do with her. It's really nice to talk about I think how how she fills some really amazing roles in Web Warriors. I think she's gonna be gross in A Force. Um where, you know, you're just feeding her power. Um you know, we don't know for sure that she's affiliated in there, but she's on a couple of their cards. So I'm I'm going to take a hot take here and, and assume that she is. Um, and even if she's not, I think she fills a really neat role uh, within A-Force, um, you know, with stealth, interrogate, you know, staying within that two bubble of, you know, your bodyguard, you know, She-Hulk is, I think she's going to be gross in, in A-Force. So I think she helps A-Force a lot in that she's just fast. A force biggest it. struggle is like playing map D or something like that. Spider portals, extremis. Mm-hmm. This is where Spider Woman's going to be great. Yeah, I it, before we move on to Agent Venom, I just want to. I don't want to talk about every tactic card we saw, but I I want to have a quick conversation about Double Agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Double Agent is really interesting. It's like when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, that sounds awesome," and then I thought about it a little bit more, and I was like. Well, maybe it's a little awkward to use. And then I thought about it more, and now I'm kind of wrapped back around, and I think it's really cool. Um, I just kind of want to get everybody's like takes on this card because it's, I think it's going to be kind of like bonkers in scenarios, especially when you have Pryo, um, to to like kind of like create awkward play patterns for your opponent. Uh, I actually think it's the opposite. Um, when you don't have Pryos, when this card's great. Okay. Uh, assume, assuming your Spider Woman is like not going to be dazed in like the first activation of the round, right? Yeah. Because you don't you don't have to have proud to play the card. It's just start of activation phase. And then, so let's say you're playing like against the Malekith Cabal and your opponent has like Malekith and Bullseye. They have Pryo. You play this card. You can put the thing on like Bullseye, right? And then if they activate Malekith, you can activate your Spider Woman, assuming she doesn't die. Yeah. And then She's going to get another activation, right? Um, so you have to like read the table a little bit. I suppose with Pryo, maybe you could activate yeah, not... first, right? And then you're guaranteed to get it. Yeah, my thought is like if you're on like a wider setup and like Spider Woman's on one flank and say on the other flank of the board, your enemy has like a, a I don't know, some Achilles attrition piece like an Angela or something. And you, you put it on Angela and then you go first with Spider Woman on that other side. And then it's like kind of creates this weird dynamic where like, okay, do I go with Angela right now? and give Spider-Woman a second activation, or do I ignore that otherwise good play that I had to, you know, do something about Spider-Woman? So I I think there's, like, what you said is actually super valid, and it's not something I considered at all. Um, but I think the card is pretty cool. I've seen yeah, some think, people, like, down on it. No, no, this card's really good, I think. And, uh, yeah, you're. I think we're both right on both, like, it could be good with or without Pryo. Mm-hmm. There is one thing to note that if Spider Woman does take two activations, you're probably gonna give up Pryo. Yeah, right. Sure. Right. I I think what I really like about AMG when they produce these tactic cards that remove an activation token or give another activation, um, I think it creates a really interesting play state, right? And I, I think you know Shane, to your point, it really forces your opponent to go. Well, I really wanted to do X. But if I don't deal with Spider Woman, she's going to activate again, and potentially the game is over, right? And I think Mike, that's where, to your point, if someone is playing this without Pryo, you can 
kind of guarantees some pretty neat autonomy with with Spider Woman, barring the fact that she doesn't get dunked, right? Um, but uh, I, I really, really like how this can kind of in game create some problems, but out of game create some problems for your opponent to think about. Um, and I've been having a lot of fun, you know, um, playing some of that. Um, and I know Shane, that's right up your alley too, with you know how you how you like to mess with me at least. Um, <laughs> but, but no, it's I think it's really great, and I um, I don't think this card. I actually, in some circles, um, have been seeing you know people are really freaking out because it's you know oh overpowered another activation and, um, but we don't really see that too much you know we don't see difficult to please you know we don't see some of you know these other other cards that i'm failing to think of off the top of my head um that are predominant you know um so i i I like it i think it's good um but something to also you know be mindful of of the spider woman player that you know you don't get your spider woman pulled in and get you know exploded before you play this card you know so on so forth Mm -hmm. what's important to realize with this for the people that think this card's overpowered uh, in both scenarios that Shane and I were talking about, there's counterplay from your opponent. Yeah. Right, right. Um, there's a lot of agency on both sides, which I, which I think is, I think it just creates puzzles, which is cool. I think that's a good like design space. Agreed. Um, and one thing we totally didn't talk about, but I think she's like sneaky, durable too, with stealth and martial artist, um, and for physical defense. I, I just, I love characters that have martial artists lately. I've just been all about it. Um, and you throw stealth and, and a decent, you know, average health pool on it. And it's pretty, uh, not, not super easy to take down. Yeah. Yes. She also has the very important six health. Yeah. Six health seems to be the breaking point of like, I get one shot often to, I don't get one shot often. Yeah. Corbin <laughs> Parker is celebrating right now as we do. Yeah, he's living yeah. the dream. Go Spidey. <laughs> uh, so do we want to talk about Agent Venom now? I guess. Yeah. go ahead go ahead ryan (laughs) yeah so uh agent venom flash thompson four physical two energy three mystic defense uh six stamina four threat uh, size two with a medium move uh he's got clintar firepower as his builder so this is a range four five physical attack it's got a wild bleed which is nice uh he's got a incendiary excuse me an incendiary grenade for uh, one power, a five energy, range three. Uh, after it's resolved, target character gains the incinerate special condition. Uh, and then we have got, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Uh, we've got Symbiote Special Forces, which is a beam three physical attack. Rolling seven dice, this is uh, costing you four power. And then it's got a uh, wild and a hit trigger for lashing tendrils. After each attack is resolved, deal one damage to each other enemy character within two of this character. So a bit of, like, minute crowd control residual damage going on with this. Um, what I really like are just his superpowers and how cheap they are, I think, is the biggest thing that stands out to me. So he's got his symbiote web swing for just two power. Uh, place this character within range three of its current position. Uh, he's got Project Rebirth 2.0 for one power, remove one special condition from this character. That seems really good. Um, and then we've got All-Star Quarterback. Choose an interactive terrain feature or an enemy character, both of size 3 or less and within 2, uh, and throw it S. 
Superpower can only be used once per turn. Uh, and then he's got Symbiotic Instincts. So while this character is attacking, defending character cannot modify its defense dice. That's really nice. And then we've got Wallcrawler rounding him out. Yeah, I, I think he's he's like super, like, I don't know. Like, I, he just seems very balanced at a glance. Like, <laughs> I don't think that, like, maybe he's, you know, uh, over or undertuned. I, I, it's, it's, it's early to say. It seems but, um, like he's good at everything. And he's not bad at anything which is what I want. <laughs> my, my biggest gripe, and, and maybe this is me being too picky, all-star quarterback and you throw small? That's yeah, a lateral. like, what are we doing? That's a lateral. That is not an I all-star want, quarterback. Like, make it range right? five. I want, I want my quarterback to you know, be able to bomb it downfield, right? I want Juggernaut to be my quarterback. Juggernaut, do you know who I am? All-star quarterback. <laughs> Turkenaut. You know what I mean? Thank I you, Mike, for picking up what I'm putting down. That's right. Turkenaut's Aaron Darnold, dude. He's he's or Aaron Donald. He's like the uh, <laughs> linebacker that that, that yeah. crushes your quarterback. Agent Venom is just Tom Brady. He's just checking it down the field. That's what he is. A little, little check down. A little check down. Yep. No, I I like Venom. I, I think Venom's got uh, you know uh, Agent Venom's got some play. Um, I do think it's interesting that, you know, and of course this always happens, you know, when, with, with spoils and stuff, you know, people are trying to fit him in to, to every affiliation. Where does he fit? Where does he fit here? You know, um, I actually thought it was kind of interesting, um, in Inhumans. That was, um, we were talking a little bit about that, you know, if, um, if people can feed him some power turn one, he might actually have some play, um, you know, of course, there are other, you know, affiliations that do that probably a little bit better, more efficiently. But I just thought that was interesting as a four threat. Um, I'm struggling as a Brotherhood player. You know, I, I think I, you know, I've seen a lot in the Brotherhood chat of like, oh, we just throw it. You know, he's got a character throw. He's got a, you know, terrain throw. Um, I, I think it's time for people to stop shoehorning anyone who has some type of throw into Brotherhood just because they have the throw. Uh, um, there are so many other characters I think that may do it better. That's just me initially, um, and I haven't tested him, but um, and he's also not a mutant, so you, you know I don't, I'm not a big fan. But uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's that's just me. I think he's good. I think he's he's good, but um, I think he's know, just going to be great in his affiliations. I mean, I, I think so. Yeah. At a glance, I don't really see him as being like a. I, he doesn't appear to be somebody that I'd be excited to splash anywhere, but. I think he's gonna be cool in Guardians, cool in Shield, Webs. I mean, I think it, 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 there is kind of that problem that that you mentioned, Mike, earlier about like Webs have like kind of a gap at the four threat position. Although now they've got Spider Woman too, so I mean, I I don't really know. Um, what, what do you think, Mike? So I like Agent Venom. I think he just kind of does everything pretty good. Mm -hmm. He's not the best at anything. He's like very generalist. What is cool about Agent Venom is that he can go at he can activate like at any point in a round pretty much and he could do something cool. So mm -hmm. you could like go first with him, grenade somebody to like enable the rest of your team. Um he also just like probably punches harder than usual than than you would expect due to his the symbiote instincts and mm -hmm. uh just having like hook arrow. Like whip swing is basically hook arrow here, like Hawkeye's teleport. And uh, 
I mean, that combined with the range four gun, like he's just going to shoot twice every round. And I mean, Hawkeye builds power like a fiend, right? You mm-hmm. just can never use it. Well, Agent Venom is basically Hawkeye if he could spend power on cool things. Mm. And what do you think about it? Yeah. Like I said, you could you can start you can set up your team with grenades, or you could even go late, shoot things, and then like web swing, throw something. Um, also, his at least in Guardians, he, he gets the winging a token. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good for his output. And then in Web Warriors, he also just gets all webbed up. Um, and that's yeah. pretty sweet. I just like that Guardians have a fourth threat that is like in with the gunline gameplay that they yeah, kind of right. are really good at. I think that's cool. Um, as an Eddie Brock enjoyer who is very intimately familiar with the 4 2 3 defense line, I'm so jealous of Project Rebirth. I just, I hate Incinerate. <laughs> I just want yeah. that on my character. Um, I think the way that they like designed him in terms of like comparing him to Eddie Brock and like he has these similarities like the 423 and the symbiotic instinct but like they also separated them in interesting ways uh that I feel represents the characters really well uh like on the tabletop so I I like what they did with this character. Yeah, I like him a lot. I think he's just not as flashy. Uh, just by reading the card. did that on purpose, bro. Come on. Come on. Uh, He's pretty flashy. I think, I think he plays better than his card reads. Um, I think so, too. As has been evident yeah. with a lot of characters lately. Um, there, We can talk really quick. I don't want to go too deep into it, but he's got that one card with Guardians that's like hilarious and also it's a Yu-Gi-Oh pretty card. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's also really good, I think. Um, and I'm forgetting what it's called. It's like, Oh, foreign assignment. Yeah. Foreign assignment. That's what it is. Um, yeah, this card's kind of nuts. Like, I looked at it at first and I was like, oh, this is like when I first looked at it, it was like, oh, this is cute. It's like, it's like the rogue card or the Deadpool card. And I looked at it more and I'm like, holy crap, this is actually like way better than those. Um, yeah, I think it's they're just continually improving that that style of card. And maybe this is the first one that sees yeah. a lot of play. Yeah, this is this is super good. And especially because you can you can do multiple, which I don't think any of the other ones allow you to do multiple. It's just you pick one of the options. I think so, um, yeah. So, I mean, the, just the amount of, like, between this and Deadly Duo, like, Guardians are going to be having some, like, crazy... Like, they're being thrown a lot of dice outside of their actions, which is super in line with what they want to be doing anyway. Well, and you know what's interesting about the foreign assignment card? Maybe... Maybe I'm just in my excitement of of looking at it because I also love that card. And you know, um, I see long text in a card and I get I get giddy. It's uh it's something that excites me. Um, and um, I'm wondering if if you can trigger it in a way where you you could conga line like if you have each one of those characters right because I I think the the key word that I'm looking at is and then right. So if you can go in that order, I'm wondering if it if it triggers that way or if I'm just overthinking it because it's really long text. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the card, one of the effects throws him. So I think you could be like in range of the partner that throws you, throw you like somewhere. Now you're in range of other characters that you can then trigger. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that, most that, of them walk him too, right? There's yeah, like me... two throws and there's an advance. And then yeah. if he goes to Groot, he can remove up to three and then, uh, if he's if he gets close if he's within two of Star Lord he can make Star Lord's full auto attack. Actually, um, there's yeah there's two at, advances at no cost, and then he can advance us. So I mean that would be hilarious. 
to get off. So do you, here's my <laughs> question that I actually haven't bothered to like ask anybody. I'm pretty sure it's not this way, but do you, you have to pay it all up front, right? Uh, Agent Venom may spend any amount of power to play this card. Choose an option from the list below for each two power spent. So there's five oh. options. So if you spend 10, you can potentially trigger all of these if you have a perfect uh, yeah, what state. I, what I was wondering is if he has to... I think he does have to pay it all at once, but I was wondering because he can do an oh. attack with like rocket gain power and okay. then potentially spend more, but I don't think it's like that. I think No, he would definitely think... have to spend all of it up front. Yeah, okay. Yeah, my, my it says, thought is... It says the... during his activation... Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's. Yeah, I think you're right, Mike. I think it is all upfront. Yeah, yes, my but... my thought is the up upfront makes sense. It's just the range increments. So mm -hmm. you know, does he if he if he overspends on it? Let's say he's outside of range of rocket, uh, but he uses the other one to to move, um, to move himself right. So like you know, mm -hmm. Drax throws him within range two of rocket. Because he's paid for the rocket one, does he get to use it? That would make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, that's so. really yeah. the the crux of it. Is when is the range check happening? Right. I would suspect it to be a forum post when this card is officially spoiled. Yeah. Either way, it's cool though. Yeah, this card's yeah, really really cool. So I guess that's kind of like all we were going to touch on with Spider uh, Woman and Agent Venom and their and their cards and the new stuff. There's some other cards too, but we're just not gonna we're gonna brush past. We're gonna, we're yeah, gonna, I think those are less exciting. Yeah, for sure. We got the exciting ones. There's like a goofy one with like Captain Marvel and Spider Woman, but that's that's who cares. That's a Dormammu card, dude. Dude, that's that's exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <what I'm talking>. <laughs> <laughs> they just move up with no power. <laughs> they just stand there menacingly. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so I guess let's let's move on to the next <laughs> the next topic. Now we're going to be taking a look at, I guess, what we think of the uh, the new meta before LVO Season 10. Um, seeing what you guys have noticed has been like on the rise and what has not getting as much play, um, as well as, uh, you know, this is all pure speculation. So expect some hot takes um, and just some out-of-bounds predictions going on here. <laughs> uh Shane, do you want to you want to kind of like kick us off here with what you've been seeing in the new meta? Sure. So, I mean, I think the reason this is an exciting conversation is because we are less than a month away from LVO and less than a month away from season ten, which are like the first things with the new crises, like the first big things. And the meta is like kind of like out there, like who knows for sure what exactly is going to come out and like win these events, which is really exciting. Um, it's, it's not the Malekith, Sam Wilson, auto win, um, the days at, at this point. And I mean, I I think the obvious ones, I mean, kind of like what you were talking about earlier, Mike, at the beginning of the show, um, guardians, uh, particularly with, with Thanos seems really strong right now. That's what won season nine. And it's, uh, although that was in the old crises. So I guess the question is, does that carry over? as effectively and, and continue to be really dominant and then i think brotherhood is just bonkers right now they just kind of have everything they've they've ever wanted and and they can be just piloted so well like with or without you know thanos jank and i, I don't think they need it really um and then i don't know i mean as far as what's going down and what's worse 
that's really like the hardest thing for me to say because it just feels like a lot of things are better now. Um, like the obvious things aren't as dominant, but it doesn't feel like anything got like really bad from this. Um, I mean, I even think that like Cabal Malekith is like still pretty good, like kind of slept on at this point, and people were kind of just sick of it after it was like the center of the meta. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ben, why don't you go? Why don't you talk about something? What do you think is 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 going to kill it now? Yeah, I think uh, you know what's what's interesting now is we're we're seeing probably a movement away from obviously the single extract steals, which is you know um, happy dance time, right? Because there are no more single extracts. So um, I think you know people moving away from that. Um, I think the steel mechanic is still you know, a viable option. It's just, you, you've got to run it a little bit differently, um, you know, going a little bit wider with the potential um, of understanding that you might want people to drop or steal more extracts. Um, I kind of disagree with, with some thought process. You know, some people have been saying that this has really balanced out voodoo, um, or at least that's, I think what some people have said, and maybe I'm just, maybe I'm still salty and that's a very real, uh, maybe it's still a thing. Um, I think voodoo is still a problem. Um, is still, you know, really, really good in this meta. Um, I think you just have to run him a little bit differently. And I don't know if that's enough to shake people away. Uh, and, and Mike, maybe you can speak to this too, but I, I, I don't think, I think this shakes up a lot of the mid-tier competitive lists um in terms of how people pilot them I mean, if, if i can be specific um i think the way that people can pilot some of the other stuff at the higher end i don't know if this shakes up a whole a whole bunch uh what what are your, your oh, thoughts man. so i have a lot of hot takes here uh, okay that's what we got i know you. i know we've i know we've talked a bunch uh, you know um uh, off cash but yeah hit me i yeah, they're a little hot right now. Maybe maybe less hot since I... I don't know. But there's no proof of what I'm saying is actually accurate. But uh, I do think that for... So, okay. The crises changes, I feel, have just normalized the games. They have made it so that the extremes are gone. There's no, like... Mm. It's, it's a lot harder to achieve the round three legacy slam dunk you or the no scoring games of nobody found a single extract or mm. the I scored sword every round and my opponents like I won 20 to zero right so the the, the scores are a lot closer together between you and your opponent now mm-hmm. and the the weird like no scoring or uber scoring is mostly normalized another gamma is another example like oh yeah I dazed out my opponent in round three and scored like 12 points on gamma right uh, right, right, right. My, my score i won like 23 to 10 or something like that right uh yes yeah, so you don't it's going to be a lot harder to see those now um but as far as the meta is concerned i think the new releases are honestly more impactful logan Sabretooth, pyro uh rhino are all extremely impactful to the game right now um and i do think on your point about voodoo and by extension black cat i think they feel a little worse um voodoo still is great as has always been on specifically hammers and cubes he's worse on virus because virus is like nigh impossible to get the 
to cheese the VP gain on it. Mm-hmm. In my experience, mm-hmm. it, I tried to run my old Black Cat Steve nonsense, and Black Cat will just die uh, if she gets all three of them before the round ends. And even if she does miraculously live, it's a lot harder. Like you won't, you probably won't score out, and then you'll be playing a model down, and there's no extra VPs on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so those changes are pretty impactful for that team in specific. But yeah, Voodoo's still great on cubes and hammers. Um, yeah, and I think like there's there's a I, I have seen kind of the same thing where where people, a lot of people are like some people are are like kind of like staying level on Voodoo, but I've seen a lot of like extreme like okay, I'm gonna like stop playing Voodoo now. Like right, and I do think to an extent you don't need him the way you needed him before, um, which is good for the game, absolutely. Uh, it it is still like you know it's I don't it's not like because the thing is Voodoo wasn't really like he wasn't just like favorable in the old meta like he was but it's just his kit is just so so good um, like just the ability to have like and I think I I think I said this in like either the last cast or the cast before but it's just so interesting the way you can approach a board state when you have Voodoo because like normally there's like the two like there's an enemy character. And like there, you can, you can like control them and like throw them away, or you can try to kill them. Um, and Voodoo has this like phantom like third option that like nobody else has, and it's so good and so weird. So I do think it's it's he's still I agree with you, Ben, that he's still as good, um, like generally speaking. Um, but he he's less exploitative in the meta. And I kind of think that's what you were getting at, Mike, and I I, I agree with that as well. So like I, I don't know I think maybe there's some overreactions about Voodoo being like dead like he's he's absolutely no, he's not dead amazing. Yeah. but if he's only great on two extracts and like mediocre on the rest it's gonna the opportunity cost to bring him as a splash is very high mm-hmm. especially with all these good four threats being released now yeah, yeah and you know I I think it's I think one thing that's awesome about that is with single extracts being gone. Like you actually like it kind of rewards players with like better preparation because now half of the extracts in the game aren't just like YOLO jank, like let's just like throw dice and you know, there's that element of RNG gone. So like you're more incentivized to like really think about each one of these extracts. Um and, and how you're gonna like approach it on turn one or like how you're gonna answer like cheese plays on the other side. Um, which kind of segues into like one thing I did want to bring up to you guys, which is I think a lot of the meta right now, and this is what I'm seeing from a lot of people is, and it was sort of like this before, but I think even more so, um, is like safe midline extract plays and, um, I like, like basically how you break parity on turn one is feels more important than ever. Um, what do you, what do you guys think, Ben? Yeah, I, I I agree. I think there's some some interesting shenanigans that you can pull on like paranoia, uh, and more specifically um, with like the scrolls or senators. Um, I think senators is actually really funny. Uh, I think Mike, you and I were talking about just some like goofy stuff that you can do on senators. Senators um, is just toxic. Uh, if you yeah. play into the good teams on it. Yeah. We'll it can just you, you can have a bad time really quickly. Um so I'm 
I, you know, it's, it's interesting. And this is, you know, it, it's hot takes. Like I said, I've, I've maybe played maybe, maybe 15 games total of new crisis stuff. Um, I think, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit more. Um, so I'm still trying to figure stuff out, um, you know, of what, you know, my brotherhood team wanted to do. Um, the nice thing, you know, with, with weapon X is, you know, all gas, all slaps, you know, so, um, you know, that, that's, that's pretty easy to kind of figure out. Um, it, it's interesting. I, I, I wonder how like webs functions now and some of this other stuff. Um, I, I can tell you going into LVO, I'm a lot less worried. You know, I going into LVO was pretty confident that I was going to maybe win one game, two games with this, the single extract kind of shenanigans that was going on that, um, you know, in the, the pre Malekith nerf, you know, um, was worried that we're just going to see a whole bunch of that, uh, with the Malekith nerf, with the new crisis, you know, I feel a lot more confident now, um, which actually somehow scares me more. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I like it. I, I, at least I think I do. Um, and I think that the game is overall in a better state. So. Yeah. The game's definitely in a better state. Yeah. Agree. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun playing games with the new stuff. Um, I do think this this whenever the game changes like this drastically, it just becomes another it becomes another time to reevaluate what are the gear checks, like you like to say in my cast. Uh in the past it's been things like, oh, what's your fourteen threat sword team? Or what's your fifteen threat gamma team, you know? Yeah. Like whatever like the most dominant thing like the most proactive <clears throat> thing in the game, if you will. Like Kingpin on scoundrels is like another super proactive thing, right? Yeah, and I do think finding those and then figuring out if you can do that, like play that or beat it. Yeah, and I think Senator's Brotherhood is like a new one too, where I think you have to be, you have to at least like be somewhat aware of what can happen to you if you're playing against Brotherhood on Senators. Don't don't tell anybody. (laughs) Yeah, it's very, very strong. But I think. Brotherhood players, I don't think, so first of all, Brotherhood's not the easiest faction in the world to play. They are mm-hmm. kind of like Avengers at this point, where you can do everything, and it comes down to like how you build your squad. It also hinges a lot on how good you are at playing Hulk. <laughs> mm-hmm. can, can, we, can we just you know, hear that again for, for everyone in the back there, there Mike, that uh, Brotherhood is not the easiest to pilot, and uh, you know, good Brotherhood players are just good players. Can we just... Uh, Say that so that everyone in the back can hear that. I completely second that, actually. There we go. There we I go. Mean, Brotherhood to... is literally... you could Brotherhood are so cool. You can play... You can make all your secures, demons downtown, intrusions, gamma, and just kill people with Magneto and be successful. Or you could literally just play, like, extremist cosmic invasion scoundrels with, like, a mystique primary game plan and just, like, dominate people with control teams. I've been... I've done both, and they're both really great. Yeah. Their design space. If if we if we're just going to take this down the Brotherhood uh, road just to make Shane happy, uh, real, real quick. <laughs> we'll just thank you, Mike, for being on the cast uh, for for this exact <laughs> reason. But uh, uh, I, their design space is 
as a whole affiliation, it just makes me gush if for the exact reason what you're saying is, you know, you can build them uh, in, in so many different ways, you know, that cur curtails to you as a player. And I think that's what can sometimes create analysis paralysis in your opponent. You know, you look at a, a well-balanced roster for Brotherhood and people don't know exactly what to do against you, right? Because, you know, like you said, maybe I built my, you know, my my Magneto list. Uh, um, and if we get, you know, something that favors that, um, I'm going to smash you. But your control score lots of points with lots of crises. Well, I also have an answer to that with with Mystique, you know, um, and, and some other shenanigans. So I just... Um, I really love their design space. I think it's it's great. Um, so yeah, and anytime where Shane complains about buildings being thrown at him is just uh, it's a glorious day. It's just uh, you know, it's a no, win for the world. The, Brotherhood is is like they're they're so flexible right now. They almost feel like a complete affiliation. Like they mm. could, yeah. But it, it does kind of seem like they could. And I'm not I'm not saying this to upset you, Ben. But we could go like <laughs> another year and a half without a Brotherhood release, and they would not like fall behind in any way. Like they're just so equipped for like any meta. I feel um, just between all the different playstyles that they can facilitate, and all the really good characters and really good tactics cards they have, they're just like they're they're just so good right now. And I think they're uh, probably in my eyes like a top three affiliation in the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna call it now. All right, you heard it first. Eight Threat Onslaught released in August this year. Just saying it. God help us. <laughs> we don't need this. Eight, so, eight Threat Affiliated Onslaught. Give it to me. Let's make so it happen. Let's talk about the other boogeyman, though. If I mean, if we're calling Brotherhood kind of a boogeyman, then I don't know if I would call them a boogeyman, but they're one of those clearly strong things. Yeah. But I think if there's one thing that I would refer to as a boogeyman, it's the Guardian Thanos stuff. And yeah. I think it warrants a conversation for sure. Um, I mean, Ben, you and I have talked about it a lot, but I want to hear, M Mike, what's your thoughts on this at the moment? Like, is it, is it oh, as yeah. good? So I've played quite a bit of this actually, and okay. since the changes, and there's, it's definitely gotten worse from the changes. Now, I think the Malekith nerf is overstated for them. I think if you're if you're really scared of Thanos Guardians, Malekith is a great option into that still. Like, just play a little KG on round one. Don't let them, like, shoot the shit out of you. And then just go in and flip, flip Thanos immediately. Mm -hmm. um, because, like, as soon as you daze Thanos, the game gets significantly easier. And Malekith still has, like, a lot of... He still is rolling four dice with skulls that explode on crits, right? Mm -hmm. And if you play things like Fallback, Phantasmagoria, Recal, he can be more of a nightmare to remove. Even even with three rolls. Um, yeah, so, I totally agree about that. I, I just like I've been without revealing like his secrets. I mean, he's he's playing it publicly, but Lucas Sheik is is still like riding the Malekith um, train at the moment, like Cabal Malekith, and he's just like he. It's not like like you can make it work, and it's and it can feel just as good as it ever was. Um. So I mean I'm I'm all aboard that that notion that Malekith is is not uh he's not gone, I think. As long no, as No, I don't think so. Players. And I think he's very good into the he's like he's yeah, he's very good into that Thanos Guardians team. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, 
also that team heavily relies on like how good that player is at playing Thanos, and there just aren't many good Thanos players. So like your chance of running into one is rare. Speaking of like the crisis changes, research station going to fifteen is like a huge nerf for them. Yeah, because yeah. like you could now take secures and they flip researcher, they don't get to play their best team. Or, or you know, they pick your secure threat or something, but their 15 is, like, you just Gamora, Star-Lord, Thanos, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming they want to, they're going to play Thanos. I know people have been talking about... I mean, you could just play normal Guardians, like Thanos, Rocket, Groot, 5-threat, 3-2-threat, or something like that. Um, yeah. Which is fine, but then you're playing with no restricted cards. Feels a little weird. I know some people are playing Malekith with Star-Lord, Rocket, Groot at 15. Which yeah, I think is okay, yeah. but I think into any three wide team that can kill you, your Malekith will die. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I, 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 I have seen that Malekith uh, fifteen threat team with Guardians, and it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, I, I mean, the one thing about like Guardians have this super cheap core, and so like they uh, they allow this to happen really easily. But you know, whenever you're dealing with a team like this, where it's got this eight point like centerpiece character, the list building options usually are like pretty transparent. Like you can look at the different threat levels and be like, okay, like yep. I can like really easily identify what they're taking. Um, and as long as you have that ability to like recognize that, I think that it's it's you know, I mean, it's it's not an impossible task to beat it or anything. Um, you just need to like be prepared for for what the list is capable of. Unfortunately, it's it's easy to figure out what that list is specifically. Yeah, they're not like Brotherhood or Avengers, where it's like I don't know what my opponent's going to put on the table. Yeah, I can they, guess, but there's I don't like know for twenty sure. things, and they're all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Thanos team is like very obvious what they're going to play. Also, one thing that's shouldn't be understated is Pyro's existence is like a threat to Thanos. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pyro, getting like yeah. a firewall incinerate on Thanos is like hell play as a thanos player yeah i mean as somebody that plays a lot of cassandra nova and, and, and that loves cassandra nova looking at pyro have that exact biokinesis superpower for a for one less power at a three threat just makes me ill i just i hate it so much <laughs> yeah um because i i want to be able to use that power against thanos that, that easily um because because you're right it's so good there <laughs> Yeah, I think um, firewall is undercosted. It probably should cost three because you can easily just like move gainer firewall somebody. Yep. Uh, for off round one and yeah, it cost three. It wouldn't do that. It's excessively easy to pull off. Yeah. Um, but so, it also hinders big boys the most, and I don't know if I hate that. That's true. For, like the game, you know. That's a good point. Um. So what else do we think? So I mean, I think Brotherhood and, and that are like the two standout crazy things. Um, what have, how do we feel about Criminal Syndicate right now? Because I've heard a lot of talk about Kingpin, a lot of talk about Shadowland Daredevil. Um, do, do we think that Syndicate is truly in a much better place um, as far as their likelihood to win something like LVO or, or Season 10? It's I... funny you mentioned that. I think stock's down on Syndicate. Okay. And I, I'm cur- I had a feeling you were going to say that. So I, can, can you elaborate? Sure, yeah. Uh, Daredevil's okay. I think he suffers a lot from having Follow Me be restricted. Um, mm-hmm. And his team's not super mobile, so a lot of these extracts are like a pain in the butt to pick up and do things relevant. 
so he struggles with that. And I think Kingpin, again, Kingpin's just not mobile. And a lot of the secures are just like really in your face. Mm-hmm. He'll just get thrown off points or killed or something, ignored. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to put into words, but I, have, I haven't really been impressed with them lately. I agree. And I've been playing against a lot of Syndicate lately. It feels like just like in my pickup games. Um, I mean, when the two things that we talked about to begin with were the Thanos Guardians and Brotherhood, which takes Juggernaut and therefore do you know who I am? Like Kingpin is like, unless you're taking Indomitable with your Syndicate team, like Kingpin can get displaced like pretty brutally. Um, and then it's like when we first had the Malekith nerf and you could like reroll into him now, like people got really excited about Channel and Daredevil again, but I, I kind of agree that, that there's other factors like the follow me restriction that are, uh, kind of holding, I don't know, maybe it's just the way that I play spider foes. I, I don't like, I very rarely lose this criminal syndicate. So like, it's not a matchup that I look out for that often, but, um, I do agree. I think in like the general, in a general sense, they're they're not nearly as is as good. I think compared to those top teams. I wonder, and and you know, I've tried some some criminal shenanigans. Um, I I actually think, you know, with the right crisis combo, I, I think you're right. I, I would tend to agree that into the top affiliations, it's a huge uphill battle. That I don't know if. Prime has all of the tools. I'm I'm not as worried with Shadowlands Devil with Follow Me if they can keep the uh, all according to plan play open. Um, I think I've you know I mean I've seen some really dirty turns where you know it swings games and um, in in favor of Shadowlands Devil. So I think you know with um, you know right placement, right order of activation. You know, with Shadowlands Daredevil players, I think that's okay. Obviously, follow follow me being unrestricted would make that way better. But um, I've actually seen Rhino really change Kingpin's game. Um, yeah, Rhino's done amazing. A couple... We glossed over that. <laughs> yeah, I think Rhino's a uh, a great character. More specifically, in crime, um, I think that's, in my opinion, and I know Shane might disagree with me, but in my opinion, I think that Rhino's best home is in crime. Um just because on, on you know on turn one now uh on gamma he's in your back point um uh, if you don't position correctly. Um and I and I really like that. I think he's got some some really strong shenanigans. Um that of course you know people can displace and do other things you know to to resist but um it makes you deal with a problem in your backfield rather than advancing some um, other important pieces up, up the field that you might want to do. So uh, I, I think crime might've, if, if I were to give them an, you know, uh, overall up or down, I think they might have gotten a slight up, but like the, my most minute slight, um, at least in my opinion. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as him being better in syndicate or, or foes, I think he is incredible in foes. Um, and I think a lot of that for me is tied to like turn one pressure um, mm-hmm. with like, you know, w- with sinister traps and, and, and uh, this is a robbery and just being able to like set up like these lose, lose situations on turn one. 
Um, he's been absolutely incredible. He's like completely like revamped the way I have to approach spider foes because of how good <laughs> he is. Um, I'm just so high on Rhino, but I honestly, a lot of people talk about Rhino on, um, on Kingpin. I think he's pretty great in, in Shadowland Daredevil too. Um, and it's like his, his like transparently like obvious place is in the Kingpin list because he's a big beefy guy. He's size four, he's hard to move. But, um, I think his offense is, is a little bit underrated by people who are discussing him, uh, putting out like, like really low effort to put out like a seven die strike, a five die strike, and then four throw like a size three or four piece of terrain at you. Um, and then on top of that, he, he can throw you potentially at, at like a wall or into a, another friendly character. Um, Rhino just is, I, th- I think he's just so, so good. Um, I'm like over the moon with this character. And I think he's, I I don't know. I, I don't know how f- like much he's going to feature in, in LVO and uh, in season 10, like as a splash character, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's like pretty common, at least, uh, at least due to the fact that he's a pretty new character and he's exciting. But I, I do think it's it's potentially warranted. Yeah, one thing to note that with Rhino is he's amazing at paying for all according to plan. Oh, that yeah. too. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, I've seen some pretty hilarious play with like a big cruel tutelage stampede attack, where he just gets like ten dice strike and just like explode <laughs> something. Um, he's he's just he hits like a truck. And like I, I like you compare him to like Juggernaut, who really most of the time just like walks, does an eight dice strike. Um, like Rhino for a threat less is doing a seven dice strike, a five dice strike, and like throwing a building at you, like pretty consistently. So like his offensive output is like is pretty pretty nice, honestly. Like people look at his card and see, oh, his only attack is a five dice builder, but it's like so much more than that. Yeah, and uh, I think people got to put some respect on Rhino. <laughs> I think what I want to do for. From I think what I want to do for my my Rhino, I'm gonna get a I want to 3D print a small version of Juggernaut, paint him gray, put a little horn on his head, and be like, "Look, it's Rhino." <laughs> oh my god! Does that mean? Does that mean? <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna walk away from the conversation. <laughs> and I think you're literally <laughs> belittling him. Doom, we're on fire today guys we're on fire (laughs) um there's one other thing i I do think uh, x-men are worth talking about yeah absolutely um x-men have very very strong proactive plan if they get their pay to flips into you um if you're not playing like like the slowest of slow secure or extracts it's going to be an uphill battle for you um, yeah, I mean, especially now that like, because like the I think the new sword is like pretty interesting for them. Um, I think so. But on that topic, I think a lot of people so X Men will play sword with Prio and T, right? And a lot mm-hmm. of people will take their extract threat because they also don't want to play on fifteen. Yeah, I think if you can build a like a killer fifteen into X Men, you could probably catch them with their pants off. I, I actually totally agree with that. And that's been my thought because I've had to think about this matchup a little bit with like, because I have pretty high extract threat values with my foes. And like, I think about what I expect X Men to take at 15 and like what I can take at 15 if I want to go like a killy route and like try to exploit their like little guys. And it doesn't sound terrible um, because if I try to play like a scoring game against them, 
when they have that prio and they they're getting there secure, it's just going to be like really difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's a really good point there, Mike. Yeah. I, I, I just, a lot of people don't want to play on 15, so they'll just be like, all right, well, I put down my 17 thread extract. Let's just play 17. Well, it's like X-Men are also just better at that. Right. Mm-hmm. I f- X-Men my read on them is like, they have a, they have like a minimum requirement of characters affiliated that they want to bring to like play their game. And then mm-hmm. if there's threat left over, they can tech splash into what they think is the best stuff. And that's really when they're at their best. If you can catch them on like low threat, they're just like basically bare bones what they need to function. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I, I guess like how, on the topic of X-Men, like how how important do you think Logan is to them? I think Logan is is very good for them. Mm-hmm. He's probably their best fourth threat, but he also just supplements what they're already trying to do and are good at. I don't think he's that great on things that they're bad at. Okay. That's interesting. Like um, if you're an X-Men player and your opponent puts demons downtown into you and they're amazing at killing you, like let's say Thanos Guardians. I, mean, I guess cover can be annoying or even Magneto Brotherhood or something. Like the yeah. best demons teams. I think it's going to be a struggle for you. Uh, an and that's going to happen. That exact thing you just laid out is going to happen at LVO and it's going to happen in season 10. Yeah, um, it's not something I hear X-Men players talk about. Uh, all the All the discourse about X-Men that I see is how can I make my pay to flip plan the best that it can be? Right. Uh, okay. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think that, like, it, in terms of, like, we're not doing a tier list, but in terms of, like, the tiers, like, if I had to, like, visualize X-Men right now, they're, like, I see them as being, like, right under, like, the, the scariest things, where they are, like, if they're in their element, they're kind of terrifying. Um, But there are there are some, like, notable... Uh, weaknesses um not not that they're the major so obviously i i wouldn't be i mean i somebody could show up to lvo and win with x-men there's there's, nobody's gonna deny that yeah absolutely Um, they're they're just that kind of affiliation so uh we talked about brotherhood and uh ben got to get super excited so can i just like take a moment (laughs) to talk about spider foes you can you can have a moment to talk about spider foes as a treat (laughs) as a little treat as a little treat (laughs) <laughs> I think that they are I mean to me they feel like the best they've ever been pretty easily um, and it was taking me a long time to wrap my head around it because I was like trying to grapple with like how do I include Rhino the right way but then also I have to wrap my head around like a dozen new like crisis uh, cards essentially so and, and I was struggling for a little bit with it, but I, I mean, honestly, as I've gotten more like comfortable on it, um, I am just like so much happier with the state that foes are in right now. Um, and this is like the first time since I've been playing this, this affiliation where it's like, there's always like at least one thing that I'm like, yeah, if I play against that, I'm probably just going to lose. And there's like not much I can do about it. This is the first time where I don't really feel that. Uh, like, I feel like I have game into like, just about anything. Um, first of all, with Rhino, I feel like they can play at lower threats better than they have ever been able to. Um, I feel way more comfortable taking like a four wide team with like 
goblin rhino like nova and like a three threat or something or like goblin rhino venom and whatever um that that feels way stronger than than you know the alter whatever the alternatives were uh back in the day uh pre-rhino i mean on top of that i think that like the death of single extracts makes foes extract game way more interesting because sinister traps like i have to have a plan for sinister traps on like every crisis setup because before it's like you're not going to take sinister traps most of the time on like a single extract because it's just a wash like it might not be there it's like it basically doesn't matter you just take a part of the board away um which i mean maybe there was something to that but whatever it doesn't matter um now you can actually create like hardcore midline punishes with rhino and with cassandra nova and you can most like more importantly all these teams are setting up with their like ultra safe midline grabs and like players just get so flustered when you put down sinister traps and like they realize that their whole thing that they just had in like their whole game like game plan for turn one is just like thrown out the window um and i've i've just really loved it so i, I think foes are are better than they've ever been they, they feel better than they ever have for me what do you do against Juggernaut running up in your face? Juggernaut uh, just uh, gets through, he goes to three power. You do damage to him, he could just slide again. Oh, I don't. So I've actually started to uh, just actively not take Sinister Traps if I'm playing against Brotherhood because <laughs> I have too <laughs> you, much. You, you can't, you can't oh, Cassandra wow. Nova Juggernaut either. Yeah. Yeah. So against Juggernaut, um, against like Brotherhood in general, I've like, and Ben, you already know this, I've like leaned away from the trap game. Yeah. Um, because there's just too much. Like you've got Magneto with six Mystic Defense. You have Juggernaut, who basically is just immune to every part of it. Right. Um, so like you have to approach it differently. Um, and and I think part of it is foes are an amazing turtling team. Um, they can create like a disparity in extracts, or they can force parity at worst in like a bad situation, uh, pretty well on turn one. Um, and it's like gotten to the point where like I I've gotten so used to like a lot of teams. Like uh, of, of like playing sinister traps against a lot of teams that like when I mess around and play something else and I'm like not playing foes, I'm like, oh man, I really wish I could sinister trap that over there because I see what they want to do and I can't make them not do it. And it makes me sad. Um, but no, Juggernaut's always been kind of a problem for foes. Uh, and I was, that was the one silver lining in the Malekith meta was that there was a slightly less Juggernaut. Um, but I think you kind of have to just like try to play the best extract game you can um i i've gotten pretty good against brotherhood though it turns out playing against them a million times in a row uh helps your uh helps your game into the faction <laughs> thank you figure if you throw enough buildings at, at you you just learn <laughs> yeah you just eventually learn things you just learn i mean dude, yeah. playing playing things that beat you all the time is like amazing way to get better at it like yeah. i didn't black order was so hard for me to deal with when it was like a thing and then <laughs> i took time to play it and i like never lost to it again yeah that's what you got to do i mean i i don't like other than like when you and i play ben i don't know the last time that i've lost to like a random brotherhood player whereas i used to just like see it and just like groan and hate it yeah um so it's pretty interesting i i think foes are great now though um anything else no i think i think i'm good uh, any characters in particular that are we didn't really talk we talked about brotherhood but we didn't talk about apex predator really yeah, uh, don't get me crazy. started don't get me started yeah <laughs> so i 
I listened to like three different podcasts today. <laughs> and in one of those three, Mike, I'm pretty sure this was you talking about it, but I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. Uh, the, the saber tooth pounce is absolutely crazy. I mean, it's just his whole kit is just like, yeah. I, like what is that character actually bad at? Cause he's I bad think at being getting started. That's <laughs> yeah. without like, like true. dice spikes. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because it's like, he's, like, because he has all these things to spend power on that are just like amazing. Um, but it's like he he can get started pretty easily. Like a lot of the things is like you're playing him in Magneto Brotherhood, right? So you can get in the power. Um, but like I don't know, he's just like once he gets started, which really all it takes is like one good dice roll or you know playing him in the right affiliation. He's just such a menace. I think he's like a top five fourth threat easily. In my eyes. I've been playing him in Weapon X and he's been getting started just fine too. Like I said, go figure that having a two cost spender that teleports you at range three is very good. Yep. That you can just pop off on turn one, right? You know, uh, no matter the cost, you know. Oh no, I took a damage and now you're dead. Yeah, the no matter the cost on turn one is 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 pretty nice with him. Like he's just like so like he's got the four three four. Which is weird. Like, I don't know why he has four Mystic Defense. Like, when Logan has two, like, is he like, as somebody that's not super familiar with Sabretooth in the comics, like, can somebody justify four Mystic Defense for Sabretooth for me? Because he's an evil asshole. Like, <laughs> I, I can't. I it actually, yeah, I don't, I don't know why he has four Mystic, to be honest it's, with you. Yeah. I mean, he, he has healing factor. So you're stapling exceptional healing to him a lot of the time. Um, so you can't, like, big chunk one shot him and then he has seven health anyway so it's like really hard to do that anyway um he's got excellent defensive stats and then you also don't want to really hit him because if you hit him you're giving him power to just like ruin your day and you like so you just ignore him but he's like gonna get there eventually and like he's gonna attack you and he i don't know it's he's so scary like they just did not hold back with apex predator I love him. I'm 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 quite happy with him. I oh, know you, you know, I just I think I think we have an episode where, like I said, I just salivated over him. Just love him to death. Great character. Ten out of ten. I do think for LVO that I, I think the most taken character will be Pyro. Yeah, I would not be surprised I, to see that. I would say Pyro. Here's my hot take. I think Pyro is more of a problem than Sabretooth. Um, Did you say hot could, because be totally Fire? Small. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say pun, pun included. We we've been puntastic today. No, he's he's easier to splash, uh, and slow and root. Go figure. Very good that he can just do. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I think I think you're right, Mike. Um, and I, I I don't know. I I hope someone takes some like actual statistics at LVO two. You know that. Um, that we can I think measure. Jacob probably will. That'd be we'll awesome. The list yeah. go live. He did last year. Yeah, I think that would be great. You know, um, so that we we could see and that way we could say we set we've set it here too, right? <laughs> we set heard it here. <laughs> but we've already yeah. called it. We've already called the winner of LVO, which is which is going to be Mike. So that has to. So pre- there's pressure on you now because we Mike and me in the finals. Boo-boo. <laughs> 
dude i, uh, I wouldn't even be mad if i lost <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you thank you mike no it's gonna be uh, mike and i have already talked about this it's gonna be mike and me round one and i'm just gonna get booted round one it's like all right <laughs> blasting off to outer space again we and to be honest, like everything I said on this cast could just be BS, right? And like I could be completely off base and I'll just get like Terra Genesis round one and lose. So <laughs> yeah. yes. we're gonna we're gonna hop in the hot take time machine after LVO and we're gonna we're gonna figure out exactly what was uh what oh, was real and what was fake. Um I I mean, so Mike, are you doing season ten, by the way? I am. Okay. Are uh, you I can't actually remember, are you central or He's I'm playing fine. in West this season. I okay. mean, I'm I'm in Mountain Time Zone. That's where I live. Gotcha. So it's a, it's no bracket, but uh, yeah, I would like to. Last year, I I played in the first two seasons. I didn't make cut in either. I I played my Web Warriors Black Order list last year in the first season of the year, and I missed cut in the last game due to like I was burnt out and mm-hmm. had some unlucky crisis draws. Um. And then I didn't I didn't really have a list that I loved until the Avengers list, but then I skipped the season and but here I am. I, I'd like to start doing well in the league again and maybe even win one. So I'm gonna give it give it my all. Nice. Very exciting. Very exciting. I think uh I'm I'm a New Yorker in central time or playing in central time or central bracket, I guess. So um I guess we're all in different places. Uh, ben, you're east you're gonna do East right if you play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already you, you convinced me. I signed up, even though it's gonna be weird. I gotta. Well, and so Mike, you and I, we gotta try to get our first game in like before LVO, right? Like it's gonna be weird. Yeah. Not excited that, about that. That should be all right. We'll figure it out. Also, I love the list, the new list lock. Now, I got really annoyed and burnt out with the grinding that I had to do and people would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that. that's fair. And I always felt a lot of my strength. At, at conventions was the fact that I could dissect my opponent's list quickly. Yeah. Um, and that was not rewarded in the league with the old rule set, but now it is. So. Yeah, I get that. I, I, and I, I yeah. Go ahead, Ben. No, I was, and I wonder, I mean, I played my, my same list the entire time last season. So I wonder how many people actually do that, that too. I wonder how many people are changing it up to you know, lazy jerks like me who are just like, I'm just going to, st- stay with this list the whole time i think I doing well in the league might come get to a point where you have like you play three top tier lists and you just silver bullet people mm. yeah uh, i know that um uh suzumi kazo leaf who was in the finals against pat he was playing like two or three different affiliations throughout his run like he was jumping between like convo and brotherhood at least i mean pat did too right pat played avengers and cabal in the swiss and then he played That's guardians true. after malekith got nerfed yeah that's a good point. So I, yeah, I, I was just, I, I kind of like, I don't know if this was a foolish assumption. I assumed that Pat jumped because of like the changes rather than like trying to throw his opponent off. Whereas I, I did kind of get the impression that, that Suzumi Kazo was kind of just like doing what you were talking about, like having two or three lists and yeah. like jumping in with the silver bullet. And uh, cause, cause I mean, I think Pat even said he didn't really know exactly what his opponent was going to play. Um, and he said that was like the first time he felt that throughout cuts. So, yeah, I think Pat just went back to his guardians list because he felt like Malekith didn't ruin it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he's obviously quite good with that. I mean, as we've seen, yeah. Um, and he's going to be at LVO, isn't he? Pat? No, he's going to Adepticon. Oh, that's what it is. It's Adepticon, not LVO. I thought he was going to LVO. Um, 
but yeah, LVO is going to be awesome. I wish I could go. I'm going to be just sitting here in New York, jealous of all of you, um, cheering you on and, and watching on the on the PC on this uh, Twitch stream. Yep. Let it let it be known. I'll I'll say I'll spoil it here. The Friday event, the best affiliation list, the best Spider Foes player is going to be me. Oh my God! You're just going to freaking troll me with that. <laughs> <laughs> You come heard it here first. That, come back with that token and just like rub it in my face. Just gonna just gonna hang it on my wall, send a picture. It'd be great. That's <laughs> <laughs> what some friends are for, right guys? Yeah. You can't come near me with that token if you get it. I just want you to know that. <laughs> oh, you should wear it as a necklace. We'll be on site then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um with that, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna end the pod here. We're coming up on almost an hour and forty minutes. Once again, uh, thank you, Mike, for coming on to the Crisis Point podcast. We really appreciate you coming out and uh, hanging out with us for almost two hours. Yeah, dude. Thank you for having me on. This was super fun, and I love all you guys. So keep doing what you're doing. Before any, we any shout out, outs, Mike? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, I have the Danger Room podcast. Um, we have a couple. Uh, we have an episode coming up on Monday, uh, and. Uh, whenever this goes out, I don't know, the following Monday, that is very exciting for me. And uh, I think it will help a lot of people uh, level up their game. So I can't wait. Looking forward to that. Well, all right, guys, thank you all for listening in to the crisis point podcast. Uh, shout out to all of the Patreons and the YouTube channel members who help us to keep the lights on uh, without your support. We wouldn't really be able to do this as often as we would like and to the quality at which we present. Yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you all again in the next one.